This podcast is brought to you by Buena Vista Home Entertainment's release of Step Up. Incredible dancing and awesome music fuel this exhilarating and inspiring movie. On DVD, December 19th. Domain names from GoDaddy.com are up to 70% less than the competition. Plus, each domain includes free hosting with a website builder, a free blog, complete email, and much more. Plus, as a listener of MuggleCast, enter code MUGGLE, that's M-U-G-G-L-E, when you check out, and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com. Because Laura Mallory lost her appeal, thank you Ryan14 of Basking Ridge, New Jersey. This is MuggleCast episode 68 for December 17th, 2006. Everyone, I am in a festive mood this week. So am I, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I am I am dressed up in my finest holiday clothing. I am drinking eggnog with pickles. Do you have a Santa hat on? Uh, yes, I do. And I have Christmas music on in the background. Can you hear it? Oh, yeah. Yep. The Hogwarts theme. It's very Christmassy, isn't it? Yeah. We're here with Dylan this week. Dylan, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Andrew. You haven't been on in a while. Yep, but uh, maybe next time I can be on when uh, I don't have a sore throat. Yeah, I heard you had a crazy night last night. <laughs> uh, it was a festive party. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that, about that a little later on. We have a good show for everyone this week. In case you're wondering, Jamie and Ben are God knows where, and Eric's uh, <laughs> Eric's out too. But they should all be back uh, next week, along don't with Kevin. About Kevin. Yeah, I didn't forget. <laughs> along with Kevin. Uh, so I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Laura Thompson. I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And I'm Dylan Sparts. Mallory. Her case for removing the Harry Potter books from Georgia's libraries was dealt another blow on Thursday as the Georgia Board of Education made a unanimous decision to keep the books. The Gwinnett County School Board also voted previously for the books to remain, but Mallory appealed the decision to the state school board. Mallory, who has been working for over a year to ban the books, has shown no signs of giving up as there is talk of yet another appeal. We have footage covering the story from Fox 5 in Atlanta, including an interview with Mallory herself, who claims the HP series is, quote, mainstreaming witchcraft to our children and presenting it in a child-friendly format that's dangerous and deceptive. Thank you, Professor Umbridge. A new photo depicting Dan Radcliffe and Order of the Phoenix director David Yates was officially released by Warner Brothers this week. It was originally printed in the December 18th issue of Newsweek, 
with an accompanying article. Additionally, French magazine CineLive has a new photo with Dan with his wand at the ready on their cover, and the January-February 2007 edition of Premiere magazine has a preview of the upcoming fifth film. Order of the Phoenix merchandise isn't expected to hit shops until next year, but the first Phoenix t-shirt is now available for pre-sale, features Voldemort from the promotional poster released earlier this year, and costs just $15. However, the t-shirt is limited in stock, only available online, and must be purchased by this Monday, December 18th. Cards Incorporated, the company that recently received the European license for Harry Potter merchandise, has released some new details pertaining to their Order of the Phoenix line. The firm understands the Potter audience is maturing and will therefore be aiming its Order of the Phoenix products at both young and old customers. Some major retailers have already been given previews of the upcoming line of toys and have been hugely impressed by both their range and quality. The first wave of this exciting new Harry Potter merchandise will hit stores this June in conjunction with the July release of Order of the Phoenix. Lycos has released their list of the top 50 search terms for 2006. Despite having no new book or movie this year, Harry Potter remained on the list at number 40, which is a drop from its rank of 27 in 2005. At the Aragon premiere in London, Katie Lung, Bonnie Wright, and the Phelps twins were present at the film's first showing, and they attended the after party. You can see a few photos over at Shirtoogle.com. Finally, Joe put up some Christmas decorations on her site the day after I asked her to do something on last week's edition of MuggleCast. Perhaps I'll just have to ask for something big for Christmas. That's all the news for this December 17th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. All right. Thank you, Micah. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, We have a few announcements this week. And then we will move on with our regular show. MuggleCast t-shirts are going out of sale very soon. There's only two or three weeks left. We can't guarantee it for Christmas. However, if you purchase a MuggleCast t-shirt, I will guarantee, personally guarantee, that you will um, be happy for the rest Eternal of Eternal happiness. <laughs> it's priceless. What, what, ha- what happens if they're not? What's the, uh, um, what's the consequence for you if that uh, doesn't happen? I don't know because we don't do exchanges. Oh. No, but seriously, uh, we do have to stop selling MuggleCast t-shirts. Everyone is well aware. Uh, so purchase yours today. And you also help support the show. The squares. The f- huh? The squares. Oh, yeah. oh, oh yes. Thank you. Thank tees. you. <laughs> yes, we, we cannot sell this. Well, it's not that we can't. We have sold out of square t-shirts. We've been sold out for a while. They're probably our most popular t-shirt, but we can't get them reprinted because we have to stop in a couple weeks. However, there's still three other designs left. Uh, MuggleCast at Lumos. Um... The new MuggleCast Crest t-shirt and the Mike Bolt, which we've had for a while. So purchase any any of those or purchase two or purchase three or purchase as many as you want because they're all fantastic. And also don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. Vote once a month and help beat help us beat Keith and the Girl. Let me check right now. We're being beat by Keith and the Girl right now. I Again, I still don't understand what is so great about this Keith and the Girl podcast. It's just these two people, they just sit there and talk about anything and it makes me sad that their their fans are more loyal than us than, than oh, ours oh no don't say that that's not true I think it's the MuggleCast fans are very loyal yeah I think well then why are they... we number one on Podcast Alley because they have a Keith we only have a Kevin oh <laughs> good point Laura alright so uh, as a lot of people might have heard over the past week Laura Mallory has once again lost her court case Darn. The, uh, Laura, you want to give us a quick update on this? Then we'll cut yeah. over to a news article. Well, I mean, basically, she went up, you know, she appealed to the state and she lost again. And I, I believe one of her excuses now was that 
the reason she lost was because she didn't have a lawyer. And I really don't see how that even applies at all because it's not a case where you even need a lawyer. It's just a matter of you can't sit there and dictate what other people can and can't right. have access to. Uh, we, we actually have a news clip now that we wanted to play. It's uh, We wanted to talk about it because it's kind of funny, a couple of things that she has to say. This uh, was a interview with Laura Mallory that was held on a, a local Fox, Fox station news. Yep. in Atlanta. Laura, is this a uh, good station down there? No. No? Well, we have a news report from it. All right, let's 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 listen to this. After a year and a half of protests and controversy over Harry Potter and his place in the library, the state school board quietly today voted to allow the book to remain on the shelves in Gwinnett County. Thank you. It is unanimous. Those present. A simple reaction to the, the, the ruling by the board. Right. This is Laura Not talking. surprised. Expected. Not surprised. Expected. She's been at this for how long? And that's all she has to say about it? Over a few a year. words? Well, I believe, she, I believe she continued to add at one point that if all she was able to do was kind of help out any families who have had children convert to witchcraft, then <laughs> that's fine with her. But Please, I, think I, of the children. Yeah, really. It's like, if we want to go on banning things that you know promote certain things to children, why don't we just go down the list here? I mean, I personally think we should ban Winnie the Pooh because Pooh Bear doesn't wear pants. <laughs> we wouldn't want our children to think they can't wear pants. It, it just amazes me that this is her response on it after, after all this, and that's what she has it to say, but... Quite shocking. Well, let's keep listening. The fight began here at J.C. McGill Elementary School in Loganville, where a mother of four, Laura Mallory, believed the Harry Potter series was inappropriate for... You know, she looks like your normal mother. There's nothing... You know, she looks like a nice lady. I don't... I don't oh, I don't, I don't doubt for a moment that she's, you she know... She seems like a nice person. Yeah, she seems very polite. Yeah, all right. I just keep going. Just like, just like, why don't you um, do something more useful and maybe... Exactly. This is uh, what I don't get instead about of her. Banning, instead of trying to ban Harry Potter, which is anyone who's read the stories knows that they're not teaching any kids witchcraft. I don't know of any kids converting to witchcraft because they read Harry Potter. Right. It's not the devil's words. It's a wonderful story. Yeah. Well, you and know what gets me it. about her is there are a number of charitable organizations that would bend over backwards to have someone so determined on their side. So why right. is she wasting her time trying to get a book banned from a library? There are people well, dying in the world. I'm sorry. Maybe that's the rest of this say. report has the answer. Kids, in that she said it promoted witchcraft. The Harry Potter books are mainstreaming witchcraft to our children. They're presenting it in a child-friendly format that's dangerous and deceptive. Dangerous and deceptive. Child-friendly format of wor- of witchcraft. Yeah. What? That's that's what she says. Look out. The issue was challenged at several levels, all the way up to the state board of education. The reason it probably has had such. Uh, you know, it, it just. They have a shot of all the uh, people on the board here. Like 20 people have to sit there and have their time wasted with this, especially a unanimous decision. Doesn't that just scream, hey, we don't want to yeah. be bothered to do this? I mean, she kind of said it herself that it was expected. So <laughs> right. why are you going to pursue this anymore? So why are you, don't you trying you're gonna if you win? expected it? Okay. I mean, yeah. just trying to get like a press time or trying to um, raise more awareness for the cause? What cause that won't win? No one really wanted to deal with it this time because I was actually looking into going down there and speaking on behalf of the books, and I read that they weren't even allowing um, pu- anyone from the public to come in and speak. It was just between herself and the board of education. And they just wanted so, to get it. Yeah, over they with. just wanted to get it done. Yeah. 
Well, it's a First Amendment issue too, and mm-hmm. you know, when you try and mess with people's First Amendment rights, it's always a touchy subject. Yeah. Scrutiny is because in America we get very, very nervous if there ever is any type of censorship of uh, 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 educational materials or uh, First Amendment materials. Many Gwinnett educators claim the Potter series promoted See, this reading the same and were a hot commodity at the yeah. checkout line. Yep. Still, the book wasn't for everybody. And there are children here who would never read this book because it's not the kind of book they would like simply because of the genre of that book. But the kids who do like it, why, why do they like it? I think they just like fantasy. That, that's a librarian talking. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, if, exactly. if you don't want to read it, don't read it. But you, it's, you, know, you have a freedom of choice, but don't ban the books for nobody to read just because you don't want – you don't think they're right. Some parents saw the fight as much ado about nothing. I think it's an overreaction. You know, I'm a very – I was telling him I'm a very, very Christian person. But I think it's more of a parental responsibility. Will Laura Mallory appeal the decision to the Superior Court? She's not sure yet, but still proud she fought the issue. In your mind, worth the, the, the toil, the hassle, the <laughs> abuse, the anything else you've the taken? Abuse, yeah. Abuse from us calling her. <laughs> well, no, well, I'm sure she got a, a, number of, a number of people who have harassed her. Um, no, it cuts to a picture of our album art, so I think that's what they're <laughs> talking about. Well, you know what I find interesting about this whole thing is, I don't know if it's the same in Gwinnett County, but when I was in the Forsyth County Public Schools, parents were actually allowed to have input on what their kids could and could not check out. Like, if you tried to check out a book that your parents had said you could not, the system wouldn't let you. Mm. So why doesn't she just say, my kids can't check out Harry Potter? Yeah. Right. I think it's dangerous whenever you suppress anything from, like, um, that's why abortion is such a touchy subject, because some people think that it should still be allowed in some cases, whether at no point it should be illegal. But then again, you know, there's other people that say it's it's morally bad, but Harry Potter is a completely different level, because it doesn't really promote witchcraft in any way. I mean, it's used, it, it uses witchcraft in the books, but it doesn't promote it. It doesn't tell them to, hey, go try these things, kids. Right. I think Harry Potter is just a very popular scapegoat. Basically, yeah. Um, I think it's worth it only if people will listen uh, to do their own research. If even one family or one child has been saved from the heartache that other families have gone through with their children actually getting into witchcraft, um, then it's worth it. A heartache, and what children have been getting into witchcraft? Is there any evidence of that? I mean, I'm not trying to rip her apart. I just want to know: is there is does anyone know if there's been evidence of witchcraft destroying children and causing heartache? I have never. Uh, heard I don't think so. I don't, don't, I don't know of anyone. One of my she, friends, at least. Yeah, unless she thinks of little kids running around with fake plastic wands and yelling "Expelliarmus" as witchcraft. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> that must be what she means because <laughs> that ruins families. You know. Yeah, it really does. Eight-year-olds waving wooden wands around, you know, yeah. terrible sight. So that's that. Uh, well, that's interesting. And, of course, she's going to go appeal it again. Laura, do you know anything else about that? I don't think we've actually heard anything, have we? 
Um, she's planning on it, isn't she? I don't but, think there's been any there. confirmation there's already talks of that. Of it, but we don't know if it's for sure. Yeah, we don't know oh, if it's okay. for sure yet. Uh, we we have an email now from Katie, 19 in Minneapolis. She writes, hi, MuggleCast, rock and roll. Just a comment. You guys were talking in the last episode, number 67, about Ginny and whether she would be a major character or just a supporting role. Personally, I think she will play a major role in the defeat of Voldemort. There are plenty of reasons, but I think the most telling one brought, uh, brought to my attention by Gladiator Waters is that she blew up Pluto in the planning room at the end of Book 5. If you know anything about Roman, Greek, or Greek mythology, Pluto is the Roman name for the Greek god of the underworld, Hades. Hades. Hades, i.e. Satan. No way would J.K. Rowling include something so small if it wasn't important. Anyways, take it into consideration. Have a party. What, you don't think that she foretold that Pluto was going to be exiled as a planet? I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think that's definitely important. I think Jenny will absolutely play a major role in the seventh book. There's no question. Before we get to uh, our main discussion this week, I have a uh, update on my Wizard Rock band. It's um, basically, you've heard of Wizard Rock, right? Of course. I'm starting uh, my own. I'm starting my own Wizard Rock band. Um, I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be be a big hit. And I actually have um, a preview of my song now. Because I decided that I want to get the hype up a little bit more. And the only way to do that would be to give people a sneak peek. Now, Laura, um, I gave you a preview a while back, but it's changed a little bit. Oh, okay. So don't act surprised if you don't recognize it. Okay, Um, well, I'll uh, I'll definitely curb my enthusiasm. Okay, all right, well, here we go. We've got to save Ginny Weasley from the Basilisk. Got to save the school from that unseen horror. Oh. What, what do you guys think, Laura? You like that? Um, yeah. It sounds like you had a bit of an influence, but no. Yeah. What are you talking about? I, I I don't know. It just sounded kind of familiar. I no, I, no, I made that up myself. Oh, okay, I, I just can't um, really place off. it. But that was the chorus of the song. Uh, the whole song, of course, is going to be released on episode seventy. So uh, hopefully that's going to get the hype up a little bit because I'm really excited about it and I hope everyone else is too. So email me your feedback, what you thought of that. Thanks. Uh, Our main discussion this week now is the four founders of Hogwarts. We've talked about them in bits and pieces throughout these past 67 shows, uh, but now we're going to talk about them in a little more detail, right? Yeah, absolutely. After um, a very long night of... Micah and I being extremely grumpy and trying to come up with something, we actually came up with a discussion on the four founders. And I think to just kind of jump right into it, my first question would be, why would someone like Gryffindor be friends with someone like Slytherin, who clearly valued purebloods above others? Because we know that um, in the Sorting Song in Order of the Phoenix, it stated that Gryffindor and Slytherin were very close friends, as were Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. So why would someone like Gryffindor want to put up with someone like Slytherin who had... Such skewed values. Maybe you could relate it to uh, in the beginning of Order or Sorcerer's Stone when Harry and Draco, well, Jericho Her- offered Harry his friendship, and you could almost think what would have happened if uh, Draco hadn't made fun of Ron and wasn't taunting Ron. What would happen if they became friends? I mean, because the I don't only think thing that would have happened though, because Harry kind of. From his point of view in that chapter, I always got the impression he thought he was kind of snotty and that he didn't really want much to do with him, especially when he asked um, like his surname and stuff. I kind of got the impression that Harry felt like, why does that matter? You know, so. Yeah. 
Well, I think if you're presuming it on the basis that you were talking about, I think people of different views, whether it's politics or, or other things, can be friends. Just because they have differing viewpoints doesn't mean that they can't get along with each other. Well, they can, I think, to an extent. But when it gets to a point where you're actually actively alienating people because of their heritage, their bloodlines, I don't know many people that can be friends with someone who does that so well maybe slytherin, they were friends up to that point yeah well was that what well, was going to kind of be my next point was slytherin always um did he always discriminate against muggle-borns and purebloods or or half-bloods excuse me or um if he did if he didn't what would have happened to make him be that way well this sort of goes back to our discussion that we had on evil like had had Salazar always uh, had a hate for purebloods, and I don't. It might be like I. I don't even know if we should be bringing this example up on the show, but it, it's almost like someone, someone like being racist. Well, yeah, in the it sense is in that a sense. you're not. Are are you are you you're not born with that? You you gather that over time, whether there's an influence from your family and friends or right. Why not? Well, see, we know that Slytherin was at least um, prejudiced towards those who didn't come from pureblood families from the point when the school started. Because in the Sorting Song, it said that Slytherin stated that he would accept those whose blood was purest. So we know that from at least that point on, he held a prejudice towards people who were not pureblooded. But can you also see that as a traditionalist view as opposed to being a racist view? Well, yeah, that, I mean, you, you always kind of have to consider people as products of their time. But then again, you look at someone like Helga Hufflepuff who said, I'll take the lot and treat them all the same. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that, that's sort of in a way a mindset too, because you're, you're a caring person who mm-hmm. wants to welcome everyone or anyone. Hmm. Well, do you think Slytherin had any sort of intention um, going into the school? Because we know he built the Chamber of Secrets. Do you think that um, his first thought whenever the four proposed the idea of starting a school was to kind of use this as a platform to gain some sort of power and a way to kind of um, alienate others of, you know, who weren't pure-blooded or in a sense to essentially build the chamber of secrets that way he could rid the school of muggle-borns well yeah maybe when salazar was going into this idea of creating hogwarts maybe he originally he did not want to well i mean originally he was going in and acting like you know he would treat everyone fairly but then his ultimate goal was going to be to try to kick everyone out who wasn't a pureblood so it was was just a pureblood school (laughs) I don't think he went in with that goal, but I think that maybe he his views have changed. His, his views changed after a while. He saw the direction the school was going in. It was allowing mudbloods into school, and he didn't like it, so changed his views. But well, why wouldn't you like that? I mean, what 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 do you not like about mudbloods other than that they weren't born with the wizarding parents? I just don't see. Well, that's you know, like that's like asking ask a, yeah, that's like asking a racist person what do you not like about a person of a specific race. Aside from the fact that, and what would that person say? You're just yeah, because, just trying to think. Yeah, it's it's just it's just a prejudice that you're kind of conditioned into having, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it it must be terribly terribly hard to overcome something like that. Yeah. Well, it's probably yeah. um, you know put into him since birth. You know, his father 
did the same thing, and he just didn't think those people were fit to be in his school. All right. Well, do you think maybe that this was kind of a time of change for the Wizarding World? Like, maybe up until the point, up until that point, if you weren't a pureblood, you weren't really considered a wizard? you weren't considered part of that world and it came to the point where they discovered that yes you could have magical abilities if you were half-blooded or muggle-born so they started kind of accepting those people into the world and kind of understanding that wizards would have died out if they hadn't you know married muggles and that sort of thing kind of like what ron said that could sort of explain his resentment towards it because you're bringing all of these new people into this world that had been you know kind of a small community for right. so long well i mean part of the problem with that is you know that there are witches and wizards that were born to people that weren't of a wizarding bloodline so would it have actually died out is probably a hard question to answer if well, you have these children that are being born to people who previously had no magic in their history maybe not technically but in a sense of culture i think it could have because if there was a point where Muggleborns weren't being notified of their magical abilities, they could have just gone on and married more Muggles, and it would have gotten to the point where no one would really know magic existed, even if it did. Yeah. Well, they would know that they had power, though. I mean, certainly. Well, they Harry would have didn't know he had power. Something. Well, they Harry had just idea. thought he was weird. <laughs> well, so did Tom Riddle, but I think he always knew that there was something about him that was different from other people. Yeah, but there are a lot of things that can be said, and you, you can talk about a lot of things in that sense. For instance, you know, I think every one of us kind of has a trait that's distinguishable from other people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you can just like I am excellent in my in your wizard rock band. skills and my wizard rock band, <laughs> and I absolutely fail in my podcasting skills. That's what really yeah you're creates not a contrast good. there. I'm yeah. terrible. I know. <laughs> You're good at you're good at liking uh, bad music. Green, oh please! Green Day. Oh. Yeah. oh please! You're so funny. But anyway, like this whole thing makes me wonder what what the Wizarding World was like before Hogwarts and the other two schools. I think it was kind yeah, of. Uh, I mean, obviously, it did exist in the medieval time period. But do you think they kind of had the same <laughs> philosophies as Muggles did? You know, the kind of torture and the torture. Well, yeah, medieval, like, God, they torture I guess it's gonna be in human nature, though. I guess it would just kind of be in human nature. To what? I mean, like, were, were there schoolhouses? Like anything that the muggles did would be in human nature. Maybe wizards are different, but... Were there houses when the school started? I hope, I hope started? wizards are smarter not to war amongst themselves, but... Well, no, I mean, like, look at the colonial days in, like, America. There were schoolhouses where it was one little schoolhouse, just one room with like a hundred kids in yeah. it. And they would all just sit there and learn everything all at once. Well, no, no matter I don't, what your age was. I don't think so because there really weren't schools in that sense during the time that Hogwarts was allegedly built because it's allegedly at least a thousand years old. So I doubt that there was any sort of school in that sense. I think that Hogwarts was a relatively revolutionary idea for its time. And they may have been right. afraid yeah. to do anything at that time because they didn't know what the consequences would be from even the muggle world or just teaching kids yeah magic yeah what would kind of what do you think was the influence there what made these four people want to start this school doesn't the sorting hat say or like um no you know what what's they... interesting about that sorting song it goes on and says you know, basically essentially tells the school i'm going to tell you the whole tale of the founders but it doesn't it doesn't 
really tell you anything aside from what they valued individually. All right, right. Well, I'm going on MuggleNet Sorting Hat Songs page. Don't appreciate to, uh, that, Joe. Read up on my <laughs> sorting. Perhaps hats. it's it's really written in there, and we're too and we're, dense. Yeah, to, we're too dense to, to catch realize. on to it. <laughs> Actually got they they shared a wish, a hope, a dream. They hatched a daring plan to educate young sorcerers. Thus, Hogwarts school began. I love these school songs. Yeah, <laughs> <It's I know. laughs> just, oh, so, so that's that's what we got from that. Yeah, so it was just four people with a hat. dream. With a dream, a hope, and a wish. <laughs> You're wishing for what are they wishing for? Educated students? Yeah, to edu- I guess to educate people because when you really think about the way that civilizations have grown and changed a huge contributing factor to that is education. If we didn't have education, we would still be beating each other with clubs and yeah, all sorts of wonderful things. They also um, shared a hope. The hope was, I guess, to... Well, was there something terrible going on at that time? Was there a war going on in the wizarding world? Did they maybe hope to educate the next generation to kind of prevent any kind of conflict that was happening then from happening again. It's a good, good idea, actually. Well, I mean, but I mean, like, input. what, what, what is the Hogwarts motto? Um, Th- that uh, the oh, uh, jeez, uh, I know this. It's it's Latin. Th- yeah, but I know what it translates to. Isn't don't, it? Don't trick. Don't tickle a sleeping, sleeping dragon. dragon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that has something to do with it. <laughs> Maybe it does. Knowing yeah. <laughs> the war broke out and uh the war broke out and it all started by uh someone tickling a dragon. dragon. Yeah. That's it. We just solved it. Key to the what else what other what other reason could there be? No, know. but um so so I guess the hope was to create a school where people who realized that they had a magical ability could come and yeah like create an entire uh, generation of generations of youth yeah. that would be educated and you know further the cause of yeah. wizards right be better about hiding and smarter about dealing with muggles and yeah kind of that sort of thing kind of moving on i mean we see that these four friends were clearly clearly very close people whenever they started this but clearly something happened to change that the sorting hat says during the song how could such friendships fail and this kind of implies to me at least that it wasn't just Gryffindor and Slytherin who had a falling out I always kind of got the impression that when Gryffindor and Slytherin started feuding that um, the resentment kind of spread throughout the group and that it caused the school to kind of essentially fall apart. Take sides and yeah. divide. I mean, what could have possibly happened? Like the greatest nations, like Rome, the fall of Rome, yeah. the... Anytime there's a demise of a great civilization or any great society, it's because it does not stay united. I mean, I was think it... If you were the four founders and you and you start building this gigantic school, and there's so much responsibility and planning and... It's overall general work that has to go into it, you're bound to run into disagreements about different things. Well, clearly there was a disagreement. What, what was so <laughs> no, what, great what I'm saying is that's, a disagreement that's what that broke caused a, them not to get along with each other. Well, just look at the size of the school. It could have started off with one little thing. Where should uh, this bathroom go? Wasn't it? Who was it? Uh, Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw that built the floor plans? Built the what? Who designed the floor plans? I didn't know we knew who designed the floor plans. Well, what was that one thing that says... Uh, oh, they all did. Was, <laughs> wasn't there something about? in the Sorting Hat song or something that said, 
Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw came out with the. I'm gonna look this up. Carry <laughs> and the on. Sorting Hat is. I know I read it that. Said Ravenclaw came up with the floor plans. No, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't think it said anything along the lines of um, any one of the founders specifically designing the floor plans. I think it was kind of a collaborative effort, which could be where the conflict kind of arose from. I mean, when you think about it... um, Well, the conflict arose after the school was founded and after the school was built, so apparently it couldn't have been over that. Well, if you kind of consider, as a school progresses, it's going to grow. I'm not sure that Hogwarts was nearly as big or as complex as it is now when they first started it. And that kind of... How would Slytherin... We know that he built the Chamber of Secrets. How could he have built such a vast chamber? How could he have created the secret entrance to it without the other founders knowing? Yeah. Because I really don't think that... um, Especially Godric Gryffindor would have... Um, been too appealed by the idea of hosting a giant snake under the school. I don't know. I think that he he must have put some sort of magic on it to keep it quiet or undetectable, but he must have done it while they were away. Like, okay, here's my question. When, when they built Hogwarts, was it all magic, or was it actually built? Like I, know. I know they they, they, they were construction hats. Yeah, <laughs> well that's what I'm saying. I would assume that they would use magic to put all the big blocks. And, yeah, I'm line. saying like who, who did the roofing? Who did the plumbing? Like <laughs> I'm not saying I this for walked around with tool belts. You just like use magic yeah. to do it, and it goes faster. Yeah. I always kind of thought they used a pre-existing castle. <laughs> that's really? just me. Yeah. Then why how would you add? Well, add what, no, oh, well, just, of course you could add on to it. I mean. Clearly, someone built buildings back then. I'm trying to think of a part of Hogwarts that wouldn't. Hmm. I guess. I guess that's interesting theory. Well, kind of. Um. You know, you kind of mentioned magic. Was the school completely composed out of magic? I don't think that the actual structure was, but I think there was definitely a lot of magic put on the school, and we know that um, there is somewhat of a danger when you kind of put magic into inanimate objects because as Mr. Weasley says you shouldn't trust anything if you can't see where it keeps its brain um, is there kind of is there a possibility that Hogwarts kind of grew out of control of the founders as if to say they put so much magic into the school itself that it kind of grew a mind of its own it was able to do its own build- bidding and its own bidding yeah you know it's own, you know kind of its own thing be independent like of their what, will though? Yeah, like, so where would we find out this uh, agenda? What do you mean? The, the Hogwarts castle. Well, has. I'm not saying it has an agenda. I'm saying that. <laughs> it, so it has New Year's resolutions. Or something? I'm just saying that it Does possibly. It, does it get a birthday wish? <laughs> Maybe Dylan. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of saying that the school could possibly develop a mind of its own in the sense that um, the Fort Anglia did because Ron kind of remarked that it, it had become wild in the forest and as we saw in Chamber of Secrets at the beginning of the book it only flew drove whatever whenever Mr. Weasley or Ron or someone forced it to but when it was put into the forest which is clearly a magical place and a place where it would also have to defend itself it clearly grew an independent streak and I think that it's possible that Hogwarts did the same thing. We know that the school has it has its own character. I mean, it has doors that disappear on Friday and staircases that move and walls that pretend to be other things. 
Well, I always thought that the Ford Anglia lost its own control and it was sort of being controlled by the magic that was surrounding the school once it entered, I guess, the air around it. And that's part of the reason why it went into the tree and sort of did its own thing after that. So I think the school definitely has its own magic that's been put there. I don't know by who, if, and I know that's kind of part of what you're asking, but I think part of the reason why there's certain things that operate on certain days and you know certain things that do their own thing is because it's magic, and that's just sort of Joe's way of adding to what we're reading and making it out to be something that's magical. Okay, but could, you know what I mean? yeah, could you kind of turn that around to say that there's a possibility that a place like Hogwarts could potentially be dangerous because it clearly has magic of its own that it's able to exhibit and create influence on things around it. So who's to say that the school couldn't kind of result in something terrible happening? Um, I just found uh, my – hold on. I just found my uh, evidence to prove you wrong, Laura, which Uh-oh. I enjoy doing. Um, I'm, I'm actually <clears> – I <throat> found this on the lexicon. Uh, the famous wizard cards attribute this magical rearranging floor plan to Rowena Ravenclaw. Oh, well, the was... magical cards. The the chocolate the... frog cards? Yeah. Yeah. You said the Apparently sorting on... song. Well, okay, so I got that part wrong. But my point is that I <laughs> it was a, it was one of the uh, founders who came up with the floor plans for the school. So with that said... Well, do you think Ravenclaw helped Slytherin create the Chamber of Secrets then? No. Why not? Because, because it was a secret. Because the Chamber of Secrets was a secret that only he knew of. You're not being very helpful here. Huh? <laughs> You're not being very helpful here. So I mean, if it's if it's a secret, who's to say that it has to be a secret to one person? Well, um, it's the Chamber of Secrets societies. It's the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. yeah. Well, who? I mean, it's not secret anymore. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. But no one's no one's ever said that someone other than Salazar could have known or would yeah, have Yeah, but no one's know. ever said that no one else knew either. That's true, but I even aside from that, I, it that answers the question could Hogwarts have been built um or have been used from an, an existing castle. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, that must have taken a long time. If you think about it. It would have. Yeah. <laughs> Small talk with Muggle Cast. <laughs> All right. I don't I would think that the Back on to the question of would the school have a uh, mind of its own, I would think that the founders would know what they were getting themselves into if they were putting so much magic into the school. Well, what I'm still confused. I'm still confused as to what the what the mind, the school's mind, would be able to do. Like I don't, I don't get what you're saying there, Laura. Well, I guess let me try to compare. It. Have you ever seen the movie Rose Red, Stephen King? No. <sighs> Okay. <laughs> okay, basically it is it's one of the, you know, made for TV mini series things that Stephen King likes to do. And what it's channel? Bas- uh, it wasn't originally run for a specific channel. I don't remember. It, I, is it I, available on DVD? Yes, it is. It's available on DVD. Um but it basically is about a house that has developed a mind of its own because it is inhabited by spirits that once lived there. And the house, it changes and um, it will, like, you'll, you'll walk down a hallway and it'll build a wall so you can't get back. That sort of thing. That's what I'm saying about Hogwarts. It kind of has the same capability. Not for the same reason, but 
the school is definitely capable of doing great things. And I think that's because of all the magic that the founders put into it. Obviously, Tom Riddle's diary would have been nothing more than a diary if Tom hadn't put magic into it. And clearly that became a very dangerous item. So is it possible that the school could be the same way? Well, the staircases have a mind of its own, but I guess it could. <laughs> you can just bewitch it like the um, like the Great Hall, um, the roof on the Great Hall is bewitched looking at the night sky. You can bewitch the staircases to move. Well, sure, but I just kind of think that, especially after these wizards have long since been dead, their magic has really kind of held on and continued to grow. I couldn't see that the school wouldn't have a mind of its own because you think about things like the room of requirement that will kind of appear at will and um, have very random assortments of objects in them according to what the seeker is looking for. But yeah, it is dangerous and that's a perfect example because look at what happens in Half-Blood Prince. But I think if you look in any of the books, you know, starting with Sorcerer's Stone, you have the trap door and everything that they progress to to finally get to the Sorcerer's Stone. So the, the school in itself is dangerous in that way, all the tasks that they have to go through um, for Harry to finally get to Quirrell. In Chamber of Secrets, you have the Chamber of Secrets, which is obviously dangerous. Prisoner of Azkaban, you have the, the Whomping Willow, Willow plays, plays a huge role. You look at any of the four tasks, even though some of those areas were created just for that purpose. But And then you know the Black Lake was is a perfect example. Yes, and before we get rebuttals fire. on it, we are completely aware that the Whomping Willow was planted by Dumbledore when Remus went to school. Well, that's my not, point, though. But I know that people are going to write in and say, that wasn't there when the founders built the school. So just kind of clarifying. We know that. Yeah, but I think, though, the school itself is only as dangerous as the mechanisms that people use to, to put protective magic on. I don't think the school has a mind of its own. It has a mind of its own as far as whatever magic people use to sort of make it this protective environment. So essentially what you're saying is the school is a safe place as long as Dumbledore's there, which is what a lot of people have said throughout the series. Well, no, 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 it's not. Because look at what happened in Sorcerer's Stone. All that magic that was used to protect the Sorcerer's Stone was in fact dangerous to anybody who tried to seek it out. Well, I guess they were kind of Slytherin operating under the... Chamber of Secrets. Look how dangerous it was to get down into that area. Yeah, that's true. But wouldn't you say that it's also true that if you have the school under the command of someone like Dumbledore, it will be more of a safe place and it really couldn't be used to do evil things in the sense that it could be if, say, Voldemort controlled it. Because we've always known that Voldemort would love to get Hogwarts and turn it into School of the Dark Arts. So clearly the I so think, clearly the magic can be manipulated. But to go back to what you said, Laura, about it being dangerous or not being dangerous when Dumbledore is there, I don't agree with that because if you look at any of the six books, something bad has happened every year that he's been there. Well, yeah, that's true. And inside the castle, I, I would say that it's safe from any danger happening from outside, so any external thing coming in except for what happens at the end of Half-Blood Prince. I'd say that he's good at protecting from stuff on the outside, but as far as inside the school, I think a lot of the things that he's himself instituted as protection has actually come up as a barrier to Harry and threatened him throughout the course of the series. So it's basically it basically can be dangerous from the inside because of how vast it is and how 
really it's kind of like one of those places where it's so huge that someone could be living in it and you could never know for months yeah yeah well, especially you—you you could never know. Period, ever, yeah. because of all the hidden rooms. I heard Michael lives there. Unless you have the map. Yeah, well, that depends, though, because obviously the map doesn't extend to every room in Hogwarts. We know the room I'm, of requirement I'm actually there doesn't right come now. up. I'm podcasting. Oh, where from... are you, Micah? Are you? Where in Hogwarts are you? I can't give away that information. <laughs> I mean, is, does anyone have any last-minute comments? I think that pretty much wraps it up. I think we. I killed else. it. We have 45 minutes of audio so far. Yeah. I don't know. There's founders. By the way, sh- should I probably say something about my voice being hoarse? I can't. I mean, it sounds a little hoarse, but... Yeah, if you guys haven't noticed, my voice is kind of hoarse because last night was my birthday. Oh, was yeah, it? it was. Happy oh, that's birthday. Right. We, we, we yeah, were very loud. Dylan. <laughs> How old are you? 18? I am, I'm legal. I'm 18. <laughs> 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 what does that mean? Okay. <laughs> yeah, happy, happy birthday. Good stuff. Uh, hey, while we're on it, we might as well uh, plug your latest layouts. You want to talk about this? Oh, yeah. There's, there's the new... There's, uh, I think, four... We have four, four Christmas layouts up. I think we have the... Uh, yeah, we have the Yule Ball, which is kind of a Christmas e layout. We have uh, two brand new Christmas layouts, and then we have the Hogwarts uh, snowy layout. So, all of those are good. And uh, my voice is still hoarse. I personally am a fan of the Hogwarts snowy layout. I like that. It's nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. And I also like the, the one where Dan's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right in the middle, he's got like the okay symbol. He's like, happy holidays, okay. okay. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. I'm sure Ivana is very appreciative of you her, of you uh, adding her picture in there. Is that the first theme with Ivana? Well, I made an Ivana oh, there's the Dumbledore's army layout. Um, but there's... That has her... Yeah, she's in the Dumbledore's army as well. But like, I made layouts for uh, almost all the um, the uh, the the Order of the Phoenix um, high definition photos. I made layouts for all of them. But you see, the thing is, a lot of layouts were just like one one image or so, and there wasn't a whole lot going on. But you'll probably be able to see those in the new um, layout archive that's going on. So you'll be able to find the. You know, the Halloween layout, uh, the past one, you'll be able to find all the layouts that, uh, you know, weren't released, and so there won't be a big jumble of layouts in the corner there. You can find them in, in, the, in the entire section. So, yeah, that'll be nice and handy. Yeah, it, it will be, and there, there'll be a lot more layouts for you guys to choose from, and uh, you guys can actually submit your um, submit your own stuff, and uh, you, you can just ask me, you can just tell me what you want to see on the site, and I can make it for you guys. So let's say you want a ser- you want a serious layout. We'll make a serious layout. You want a Snape layout. Let's make a Snape layout. How about a Weasley layout? Who knows? This this site is all about the fans. I mean, if you guys want it, I want a YouTube we can layout because the fan is the site's Dylan, here want, for you guys. Dylan, I want this a YouTube layout. Made a YouTube layout? Don't do, it, do that. I don't know. Me. We got to get at least uh, ten ten people to oh, heck, email me it. saying they want to <laughs> just throw. Throw, <laughs> throw, throw, throw a wand in there, and then it could be related. Or maybe I'll like put Bono right next to Harry or something. I'll just squeeze him in. Bono, it's <laughs> Bono. It's Bono. I'll, I'll put Bono in there. Yeah, I don't think put, we should do you two because I heard not it was the actually YouTube Bono fan, that killed Dumbledore. They, they, they're very good artists. Uh, yeah, well, good job, Dylan, on the layouts, and I'm sure everyone's looking forward to the layout changer. When is that going up? Do you layout archive? I don't know. It should be up yeah. uh, soon. If it's a Ben. Once Ben does it, it'll be up. When when Ben does it, it'll be up. But moving along, uh, we have a dueling club this week. How about this one? Someone emailed us, I think. 
and now I don't have the name, so I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Snape versus Mad Eye Moody. Oh, I see Snape. <laughs> uh, Mad Eye Moody. That's Mad difficult. Eye Moody. Why, Laura? Because Moody, he clearly captured so many Death Eaters and put them in Azkaban. You know, I mean, he's. However, Barty Crouch did a pretty good yeah. number on him. At I guess of Fire. it depends on if you're referring to Moody kind of in his element or the Moody that we know now. I would think that Mad Eye. See, I mean, that's if, if Mad Eye was capable of beating Snape, then well, <laughs> obviously it's a good idea to have him in the Order of the Phoenix. But I think that. Um, do you think Mad Eye trusts Snape? Probably not. I don't think he trusts much of anyone. <laughs> Micah, what do you think? Well, Mad Eye is definitely not as fast as he used to be, and all the battles he's been in, he has uh, pretty good examples of all over his body. So, yeah, it would be hard. And Snape is, is still pretty young, you know. And yeah, but Alastair Moody's got his uh, experience marks <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah, really. He's got a lot of experience, and that has to be worth something, you know. Captured a couple dozen Death Eaters, if mm-hmm. to my knowledge, it's... that is that is pretty good. I mean, there's not much to say of Snape other than that he's very good at defense against the Dark Arts and well, potions. But the thing is, I think what you can safely say is that Moody does have experience and wit on his side, but Snape has youth, experience, wit, and stealth. And I think in and the, the end, courage <laughs> to uh, <laughs> kill. Yeah, because he actually pulled the trigger on, Voldem- yeah. on uh, Dumbledore. Yeah. So. yeah, they're both pretty ugly. Who do you think would win in a staring contest? <laughs> what? <laughs> what a beauty contest. <laughs> I don't know. There are a lot of Snape fangirls who would be all over uh, Snape winning that, I think, Andrew. Well, are they Alan Rickman fangirls? Or are they oh, no. There, are, there is a difference. There, yeah, there really are a lot of Snape fangirls. Isn't that kind of terrifying? I mean, our, our very own Jess on MuggleNet is a huge Snape fangirl. Well, Jess is weird, so I'm not surprised by that. No, she's not. But anyway, we have a, I'm just kidding. We have a, she's pleasantly we have another, odd, like me. <laughs> we have another email this week, uh, Megan23 of Michigan. She writes, hey, MuggleCasters, I was looking at the Black family tree and noticed that Doria Black married a man named Charles Potter. Underneath the two, it says it says that they had one son. We know that James was an only child. I was wondering what you thought about the possibility of Doria and Charles being James's parents. Hmm. Um, not yeah, a, I think so. Not a bad, <laughs> not a bad theory. It could happen. Very. It possible. could happen. Well, wait a second. No, no, never mind. <laughs> uh, she goes on to write. I also find it interesting that there are some long bottoms. I also found it interesting that there are some long bottoms found on the same family tree. This means that the two boys to which the prophecy of Voldemort's defeat applied have close family ties with the very same family that produced Voldemort's biggest supporters. It is true that all pure blood families are uh, interrelated, so it doesn't come as a shock. Just an interesting observation of the show. The that Black Family Tree. Very interesting. Well, I mean, when you think about all the people that I are think related, it, it's definitely that. possible. I think it's definitely possible, but I don't know. Would would uh, would would Joe really do that? Do, do what? what? Relate them so closely? Maybe well, maybe that I mean, would make sense. I think sense. it kind of makes it interesting because you consider all these people and how closely related they are and how they all kind of feud with each other. I mean, when you kind of go to connect pureblood families, it kind of makes me wonder how closely related Voldemort could be to some of these people. Yeah. But he isn't pureblood. Well, no, but he comes from 
his uh, father's side was pure blood. That would make uh, his mother's Sirius and James cousins, wouldn't it? Um, I guess By... so. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. If we're assuming that Doria Black or second is cousins Sirius are Sirius's tw- twice sister. removed. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. We're, we're going to play a segment now that we haven't done in a while. And Dylan, I didn't tell you about this earlier, so you should probably look one up quick. Uh, favorites, where we <laughs> where uh, we take a certain aspect of the books or movies, and we say our favorite of it. We haven't done this in a while, and in the past we've done favorite movie, favorite, favorite book, favorite... Very general stuff. Now, here's here's the request we've been getting for a while. Favorite spell. And, Laura, you want to start us off? Sectumsempra. Sectumsempra? Yeah. Can you say why, Laura? Other than uh, that, it's not funny <laughs> to say. Sectumsempra? Well, it's not that. It's a, it, it's pretty awesome. I mean, you think about the way that Harry was just kind of able to, in one flick of his wand, have Draco down on the floor and, you know, bleeding everywhere. It's kind of a useful tool, if you think about it certain people who deserve it. Not that I'm violent, but... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you fantasize... Certain people who deserve it. Is that it? your fantasy using saying, that spell? Laura, I'm going to keep my distance. <laughs> oh, well. All right, my favorite spell would probably be the bat and bogey hex, because you know how awesome that would be to be able to throw yeah, bat bogeys anywhere? Cool. It would be fun. You'd just be like, I don't know. Would you ever You're do that annoying. to Emerson? Um, it depends. <laughs> but only if you deserved it, like, legitimately. I like, uh, Locomotor Mortis, the leg locker curse. <laughs> Sounds Micah, like you the, liking uh, that kind like of disturbs me, I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> What's that? You liking that curse would it disturbs me. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I would probably have to say my favorite is Morse Morty. Morse, Morse Mordra. Sorry, because it's the dark mark, and I remember. Have you tried doing that outside your house? <laughs> yes, I have. No, <laughs> um, I remember when I when I used to uh, when I first heard that spell in the books. I just thought that was so cool. That's when I was like twelve or thirteen, but I was a fan of that. It was so you know, scary. I would think that your favorite spell would be like Vertigo. Vertigo. Or if there was a spell, only if. <laughs> Thank God, uh, there isn't. Anyway, another email now. Jack J- Jacqueline nineteen of Utah writes. I heard your discussion for episode sixty-seven. Oh well, good. One part in particular really got me. The question about why Harry couldn't and didn't tell Professor McGonagall where he and Dumbledore had been. And I have to agree. The more people that know a secret, the more likely it is that the secret will get out. I also couldn't stop p- thinking of this particular line. Quote Dumbledore's man through and through. End quote. Harry is loyal to Harry is loyal to Dumbledore, and that is why he doesn't tell McGonagall. You also mentioned that she seemed to not take that very well. I think it has to do with the fact that she's used to that she is used to the teacher-student role, and normally Harry would give up that information as a student. But here, there is more at stake than fifty points and attention. I think that that is why McGonagall reacts this way. She's just thrown off. Good. Yeah, thinking, I think you're probably right, Jacqueline. Bert's 14 of it was not me it was not me Snape did it see he is the one who has the wand not me okay <laughs> writes about Smiths 
to your MuggleCast, a thought popped in my into my head about Zacharias Zacharias Smith and Hezeba Smith. Hezeba Smith was, was the old lady who was a descendant of Hufflepuff and named Helga Hufflepuff's cup and Slytherin's locket, which Tom Riddle murdered her for in Half-Blood Prince. Maybe Zacharias and, and Hezeba perhaps could be related regularly. I would have just let it go, but Zacharias is a Hufflepuff. If they are, what effect? If they are, what effect would it have in Book Seven? I just wanted to see what you guys and Laura thought. Sincerely, Burtz. Mm. Well, it, it, it could definitely happen if they had pure blood yeah. relations, mm-hmm. as we were talking about earlier. Yeah, I would just want to point out that this is not the only person that's sent in this email. It's yeah. come from a bunch of different people. So, um, but yeah, it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I mean. But there's also the fact that Smith is a very common last name. As we know about Evans. Yes. <laughs> so, although it could just kind of be something, you know, kind of like a mat, you know, point of interest. Yeah, like, yeah, they were related, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Zacharias has the uh, the Horcrux. And finally. Hannah, 18 of New York, writes, I was recently having a discussion about Harry Potter with some of my other fan friends. We were discussing Nicholas Flamel from the first book, and during this discussion, I came up with a theory that could be completely far-fetched, but I wanted to let you guys know anyways. In the British version, on page 161, it says, Mr. Flamel, who celebrated his 665th birthday last year, enjoys a quiet life in Devon with his wife, Purnell, 658. Some people think that this age may not be accurate because we do not know when the book was published. I came up with a theory that perhaps wizard books are bewitched to automatically update all the dates in them every year so that the ages stated in the book would always be true. It seems like this would be a simple enchantment for a full wizard to do and I just wanted to know what you guys think and if you think this is possible. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I think it's possible. That would, that's like the wizards found their own Wikipedia or something. <laughs> And uh, finally this week, we're going to wrap things up with a Dylan Sparts inspirational quote of the week. You know, this segment only ran two times, and now that Dylan's on, I thought it'd be only right for it to run again. Dylan, could you could you please provide us with an inspirational quote? We can do that. We don't even have to have a reason. <laughs> okay, so please give it to us. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was, oh, that was <laughs> the quote. <laughs> we can do that. Well, we don't have to have a reason. Oh, thank you, Dylan. And that quote was from my favorite movie, Caddyshack. Any Caddyshack fans out there, way to represent. That does do it for episode, MuggleCast episode 68. Uh, Next week, I'm very excited. It's our holiday show. And I'm even more excited for uh, episode 70, which is our New Year's show. Not just for the Wizard Rock uh, song. We uh, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. I don't want to give anyway any details yet, but uh, we do have some good things planned next week. We should have a nice holiday discussion. And everyone will be in a, a, a festive mood. Yay! Yay! <laughs> I want so, Micah to say yay. Say yay, Micah. Yay, Micah. Yay! 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 Hooray Micah for the holidays! Yay. Micah sounded enthusiastic! Yay! We'd like to remind everyone we have a P.O. Box... It's located in Kansas. MuggleCast P.O. Box 223, Mound Ridge, Kansas, 67107, if you want to send us stuff. You can also call in any voicemail, comments, questions to MuggleCast, uh, the, the, the username MuggleCast on Skype, or you can dial 1-218-20-MAGIC in the United States. If you're in the Uni- United Kingdom, you can dial 020 811 If you're in Australia, you can dial 28 you can also visit MuggleCast.com for a feedback form where you can contact any one of us. You can also reach us at our first name at staff.mugglenet.com. That includes Dylan. So, once again, I'm Andrew Sims. I'm Laura Thompson. 
I'm Micah Tannenbaum. I'm Dylan Sparts. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. This podcast is brought to you by Buena Vista Home Entertainment's release of Step Up. When Tyler Gage, a rough and streetwise hunk with raw talent, finds himself doing community service at a school for the performing arts, he also finds Nora, a beautiful and privileged classically trained dancer who's searching for a new partner. Spying Tyler's smooth moves, Nora decides to take a chance on him. But as they begin training, tension builds, tempers flare, and the differences in their backgrounds explode. On DVD, December 19th. Rated PG-13.